miscommunication leads to complication and here we are staring at each other as strangers sleeping in the same bed just think about it like what might this life be like if we put our pride to the side and let love lead the way if you know me if you've been following the podcast since around this time last year you would know that I'm a romantic. Not a hopeless one, but a romantic nonetheless. I like to think that men like me are limited without the women we love. Let that sink in. Without beating too much around the bush, let me begin with a hot take. Are you ready? <clears throat> Y'all, uh, there's no easy way to say this, okay? But y'all suck at relationships. Absolutely woeful. For a generation that craves companionship and intimacy, y'all lack what it takes to create something beautiful with another person. And the reason you suck is you don't know how to love. You love love. You want to be loved. You say the words, I love you all the time, but in terms of the state of mind that allows true love to exist between two human beings, Y'all are Jon Snow. Y'all have a ridiculous habit of breaking your own heart. God has brought you to this podcast for a reason. Over the next couple of minutes, I'm going to show you what love is. I'm going to teach you how to love. Oh yeah, you're gonna learn today. If this is your first time tuning in, you might be thinking, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm Rodney Omokache, and I am a God. One of my superpowers is that I know things. I don't know everything, I know a little about everything, and what I do know, I know a hell of a lot about. Human nature and matters of the heart are my bread and butter, and the tea is about to be served. Welcome to The Young God. Y'all suck at relationships. That's right, I said it! Y'all are on one, and not in a good way. Everywhere I look, everywhere I turn, every five tweets, someone is getting served breakfast, being disrespected, taking for granted, taking for idiot, all kinds of weird takes and unjustifiable opinions about love and relationships that end up being self-fulfilling prophecies. 
don't even get me started on the posturing, the forming. It's a mental illness and you don't even know it. And it all boils down to one thing. You have no idea what true love is, how to show it, and how to bring those feelings out of another person. It had to be said. Somebody got to say it. A lot of things are responsible for this. For starters, Hollywood and Bollywood movies. Then there's the flawed love our parents showed each other, the flawed love our parents showed us, and the love we think we deserve. All these factors are in play all the time. So we find ourselves giving and receiving very flawed versions of love. I'm talking about possessive love, obsessive love, abusive love, conditional love, codependent love, manipulative love. I could go on. What all these shades of love have in common is that when the chips are down, they fail the test, they miss the mark. They don't blossom into something beautiful. They bring nothing but pain and darkness. Those versions of love come from the darkest places. They create environments so toxic, you wouldn't believe the things that happen between the people involved. Some of the wildest scenarios and stories you will ever hear. Shit you wouldn't even find in books or movies. It all endeth in tears. Speaking of movies, for the most part, movies are very misleading in their portrayals of love and relationships. While TV shows like Insecure reinforce immature behavior in relationships. Still, there are many movies that portray love in its most human and divine form, and I watched one of them recently. A Beautiful Mind, starring Russell Crowe and Jennifer Connelly. You might be familiar. It's about a brilliant mathematician whose innovative work became overshadowed by decades of mental illness, based on a true story. I was so moved by its message that I was like, yo, I gotta bring this to you guys. I first saw it in 2001 when it came out, I think, yeah, 2001. I was 10 years old at the time, so the message was completely lost on me then. But then I watched it again last year, and bro, it's one of the most emotionally satisfying movies I have ever seen. The thing had me feeling all kinds of emotions, and at the end, I was in tears, fam. The movie is both a moving love story and a revealing look at mental illness. I highly recommend it. When I first watched it all those years ago, my underdeveloped brain thought the mathematician, the main character, was the beautiful mind. But watching it again recently, I realized that the beautiful mind was actually the wife. It's a detail that most people miss. But that's what's good about this movie. You have to be in tune with certain things to get it. And like I said in the beginning, I know things. I should warn you though, there are spoilers beyond this point. If you are particular about that sort of thing, you may pause, go watch the movie on Amazon Prime or Netflix, and then come right back. So what happened was, the main character, the mathematician, John Nash is his name, he's freaking brilliant. He's that character where, when he gets to solving math problems, numbers, equations, and diagrams flood the screen to show his like complex thought process. And as a 10-year-old, I was so taken by this that I thought he was the beautiful mind. Anyway, John is aware of his genius and so is everyone in the movie. But he has a major character flow. Because he's so intelligent, he sees those who are smart as him as competition and those not as smart as him as beneath him. He is painfully antisocial, especially when it comes to women. Basically, he excels in solving the most complex equations 
but fails woefully when it comes to connecting with people. But then, this beautiful, beautiful woman, Alicia Lard, who happens to be one of his students, falls for him. Brilliance, awkwardness and all. She's bold too, cause she makes the first move and asks him out on a date. That's how their love story begins. He falls for her, they become a couple and they have this nice dynamic between them. Alicia is able to get this cold, awkward, middle-aged man to warm up to her. Eventually, he proposes, she says yes, they get married and they have a baby. At this point, I'm thinking, okay, happy ending, cool. But then I check how much longer is left in the movie and it's only halfway. Ah, okay, there's more. Oh, more, there was a whole lot more. I wasn't ready. It turned out that John was seriously mentally ill and not in the glamorous social media mental illness kind of way. Everyone, including John, finds out that he's been suffering from serious next level schizophrenia for most of his adult life. And almost everyone he interacted with within the movie was a delusion, a figment of his imagination, except Alicia, of course. My guy was losing his mind. So that's how this nice love story turns dark really fast. Poor Alicia. Baby girl didn't deserve this at all. She didn't deserve what happened next. And this is where the movie actually begins. This is where we start to see the beautiful mind at work. The first moment was this scene where one of John's few quote-unquote real friends checks up on Alicia. He asks her how she's handling this turn of events. And her response was everything. Have a listen. So, Alicia, how, how are you holding up? Well, delusions have passed. They're saying with medication and low-stress no, environment. I, I mean, how are you? I think often what I feel is obligation. Or guilt over wanting to leave. Rage against John, against God. But then I look at him and I force myself to see the man that I married. And he becomes that man. He's transformed into someone that I love. And I'm transformed into someone who loves him. It's not all the time, but it's enough. <laughs> this is why we say happiness is a decision. That love isn't just a feeling, but a commitment. Things go wrong in life all the time. Sometimes it's somebody's fault, sometimes it's nobody's fault, but you get to decide that you will choose to see the best in people, that you will bring your best self for the sake of this person, for the sake of all that is good. That's love, that's God. Coincidentally, a former guest of the pod said something in a previous episode that just makes this happiness point all the more powerful. Ladies, pay attention to this. So most women perhaps may understand relationships as if they're happy in it. Yes, but that happiness is not somebody else. It can, nobody can make that for you because nobody will keep that up for you. So if you're saying I'm not happy in the relationship, I mean step, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But you will step till you die, my dear, until you realize that that happiness is inside you that you'll find it wherever the fuck you are. Food for thought, innit? 
Speaking of food, this episode is brought to you by La Taverna Abuja. Where you don't finish the food, the food finishes you. Check them out on social media at La Taverna Abuja. And you get a 10% discount every time you visit them with the code The Young God. Thank me later. Now, the second and most important expression of the beautiful mind came after John had his most violent delusion of the movie, where he could have seriously hurt Alicia and their baby. What you're about to hear is the conversation they had the day after. Just a heads up, a couple of things are happening at this point. John doesn't want to be admitted into a psychiatric hospital, while Alicia doesn't feel safe with him in the house any longer. Alicia's two options are either to forcefully commit him to the hospital or move herself and the baby to her mother's house. Just as Alicia is about to make her decision, John does the one thing you should always do when you are the problem. Humble yourself, take responsibility, and show that you're willing to put in the necessary effort to change. Maybe you'll just give me some time. And I will try to figure this out. At the last moment, just when it seemed like she was going to take the baby and bounce, she decided to stay. Listen to her reason. I need to believe that something extraordinary is possible. No visuals, but you can tell that scene was intense. It resonated with me in such a deep way, because I was so sure Alicia was going to leave. That would be the common sense decision after everything that's happened, right? And no one would fault her for that. Even John, in all his craze, understood that she, she had to like leave for her own safety and the baby's safety. But the things Alicia did in that scene, leading up to those eventual words, had me like, yep, that's the beautiful mind. It became clear what I was seeing. The movie is really about Alicia's decision and ability to love her flawed and unwell husband against all odds, to see beyond the present moment and hope for a way forward. A mindset that applies to all facets of life. And mind you, the movie won four Oscar awards, 36 awards in total that year. And that was the scene. That was the moment. The moment the movie became amazing again. From that point, Alicia and John committed to making it work. John learned to understand and tame his demons. His condition slowly improved, allowing him to return to academic work, with Alicia supporting him all the way. Love literally saved this man's life. That's why I say you all don't know how to love because less serious things happen in our relationships all the time and we throw the baby out with the bathwater. You give up. You label the other person toxic and whatnot. We come to sub each other on social media instead of dealing and facing the thing together. You don't have the range. You're so entitled. You think everything is about you. You think your happiness is all that matters. You think your happiness is the other person's responsibility. You expect perfection when you're anything but. You focus so much on what you think you deserve, what you should be getting. But love isn't about what you get. Love is about what you give, which is everything. Because it's a partnership. Two people bringing the best of themselves and bringing out the best in each other in order to do life together. Until you understand, believe, and want this for yourself, you will always have low quality, high stress relationships. And that's on God. 
Let's take a moment to pause and breathe. Relieve the tension. Whatever you're doing, close your eyes, take a deep breath. In through the nose, out through the mouth. One more time. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Let's resume. Are you with me so far? Are you receiving what I'm spitting? Because there's still more to come. There's still more gems to be dropped, more tea to be spilled, and more truth to be told. Here goes. Two things are required to make any relationship work, and both were displayed in that amazing scene. I still can't get over it. But hear me out. Two things are required, right? Or two kinds of people are required, rather. One person to take responsibility for their actions, their situation, and the solution, and the other person to believe, to give grace, to meet the other halfway. Are you capable of either or? Are you even worth the trouble? Ask yourself. You see, great relationships require imagination. Something people generally lack these days. Or ever, really. To love with imagination is to look beneath the surface. Where there may be bitterness or trauma. And to picture the suffering and pain that got a person to this place. To love with imagination is to fill in the better reasons why someone is the way they are. That's empathy. Great relationships require patience. Another thing we sorely lack today or ever. We want people or we want others to meet our hopes right now. But true love means giving people the time to mature and develop, to go wrong, to wander in another direction and not take it personally or cut them off, but to give them every chance to grow at their own pace towards their better self. Imagination and patience. These are the ingredients of a beautiful mind. The ability to see and endure things others can't. A beautiful mind processes life and reality very differently than a mind burdened by hate, envy, or worry. In good times, a beautiful mind is a joy to experience. In bad times, it's the solution to the problem. It is persistent and purposeful. It plays the long game. It has an elevated perspective of not just the rational, but the abstract. Oh my God, I am so in the spirit right now. <laughs> God damn. So you see, after I was done with the movie, I reflected on it for days and it dawned on me that John had an exceptional mind, not a beautiful one. We glorify academics and book smart people. We glorify smart people and clever people. Ask anybody their spec and right up there on that list is intelligence or something related to mental stimulation, which is cool, but I've realized that beauty, money, intelligence, they're nice, but those things don't make for a fulfilling, amazing, life-changing relationship. <laughs> Sapiosexuals in the mud right now. If they don't have the ability to give grace and love you in ways you never imagined you could be loved, you're in for one of those dull, unremarkable, time-wasting relationships. 
We celebrate beauty and brains, but a beautiful mind is the absolute speck. Forget. I've said a lot so far, and um, I'm just trying to like take it all in myself because uh, these are things, you know, that when I tell myself, when I, when I tell you guys, I'm also telling myself, you know, it's not just me preaching to the choir. I'm talking to Rodney, present Rodney, future Rodney, past Rodney, because we all be falling short from time to time. But, um, you know, I just, I realize sometimes that a fulfilling relationship is not something you find. It's something you create. To create it, you need to have range. You need to have imagination and patience. You also need to understand that no matter who you find, they're going to be full of flaws like you are. I think you want to find someone you can trust, someone that you are attracted to, and perhaps someone who shares the same ambitions as you do, or at least has ambitions that are compatible with yours. Then pretty much all of it is what you create rather than what you find. And just in case you're thinking this is all too good to be true, let me remind you, a Beautiful Mind is a movie based on the lives of real people. John Nash was a real-life genius who went down in history for his contributions to mathematics, game theory, and a host of so many other discoveries. Alicia, his wife, is a real human being. The movie is a direct adaptation of her actions. Like, the movie is based on her actions. Like, without her doing what she did, there's no movie. It's just another story of a guy who was smart and then caught an illness and... You know, nothing else to tell in that regard. The illness was real. Speaking of which, John actually recovered from his illness eventually. And that's interesting because most mental health victims never do because a lot of them are abandoned or misunderstood by those who are supposed to love them. John recovered and did some of his best work after the fact. He even won a Nobel Prize for economics in 1994. <laughs> True story. At the end of the movie, there's a scene where he's giving his acceptance speech after receiving the prize. And at the end of that speech, he acknowledged Alicia with the most stirring words one could imagine. I've always believed in numbers, in the equations and logics that lead to reason. But after a lifetime of such pursuits, I ask, what truly is logic? Who decides reason? My quest has taken me through the physical, the metaphysical, the delusional, and back. And I have made the most important discovery of my career. most important discovery of my life. It is only in the mysterious equations of love that any logical reasons can be found. I'm only here tonight because of you. You are the reason I am. <laughs> you are all my reasons. 
me every time. You don't need to see this movie. It's so beautifully written, so beautifully shot. It hits right where my heart is supposed to be. It's a lesson how we should be for each other. Everything is love. Everything is love, y'all. Love conquers all. It's not just a nice thing to say. It's elemental wisdom. Anything can be overcome if there's at least one beautiful mind in the equation. But they're rare. That's why there's so much angst and disillusionment when it comes to relationships. If we're able to face tough situations together, with love, not fear, anything can be overcome. Sickness, poverty, pain, trauma, whatever. If there's love in there somewhere, even if it's just one person, better if it's two or more or everyone, but if it's just one person in that room who has that ability, anything is possible. On May 23rd, 2015, Nash and his wife died in a car accident. They were on their way home from the airport after a visit to Norway, where coincidentally, Nash had received yet another award for his work in mathematics. Now that's ride or die. Y'all could never. Sometimes you think you found love when it's really just one of those objects that are shining in a certain light, like a mirror or a trophy or a piece of broken glass. You've got to be careful not to mistake certain behavior for love. The shine can blind you. When it comes to long-term relationships, I think the right person is someone who wants to go in the same direction as you, someone who is compatible with your views and values across the board. Many of you will never achieve this compatibility because you live in two worlds when it comes to relationships. In one, you have connection without truth. In the other, you have truth without connection. But when two people relate to each other authentically and humanly, God is the electricity that flows between them. And when God is flowing, it doesn't matter what life throws at you. You will be fine. The both of you will be fine. That's the mindset. That's the goal. Anything less is palliative and will end in tears. Love, true love, brings out the best in people. That's the surest way to judge it. That's the surest way to judge if what you have is the real thing. People change. People grow when they are loved well. None of that flawed love you'll push. Not ultimatums, not manipulations, not no weird shit. Love turns a girl into a woman and a boy into a man. It heals and it elevates. It gives one strength and courage. It's both the feeling and the commitment. Ask yourself routinely, does, does, does being with this person make you better, make you more secure, make you want to show up for them? Anything less is unnecessary stress. <laughs> Bars. So dear listener, go forth and develop your own beautiful mind. Develop the capacity so that when the time comes, when you meet someone who's right for you, 
you can protect and sustain the relationship because you deserve to be happy. Remember though, happiness is a reward for making the right decisions at the right time. It's never freely given. And there you have it. We have come to the end of my TED talk. With these points of mine, I hope I have shown you how to love. This is the young God. <laughs>